His name is Mike Belly, and up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar, and pour yourself a cold one. This is 30 minutes of wrestling Chicago style, and our guest today is who, Mike? Who do we have today? It's the Filth King, Nick Brubaker. The Filth King. I like that. Can't wait to hear from him, uh, and I know that you're running that interview uh, because of the way that we had to set everything up, so I, I can't wait to listen to it for the first time. What did we miss this past week, and what do we need to know about in the world of wrestling. Yeah, nationally, uh, a couple things before we get to local. AEW Dynamite, the big story on that show, MJF turning on the inner circle. Uh, and the story was MJF was looking to overthrow Chris Jericho as the leader of the group. Kind of reminded me of the old Nation of Domination storyline when The Rock came in and wanted to throw out Farouk, if you recall that back in the Indian Center. Oh, I, I remember it, and uh, I was uh, totally Team Rock. It was similar to that, but then uh, there are some twists and turns to it, too. So Sammy Guevara, who basically quit Inner Circle a couple of weeks ago, comes out, pleads to Jericho, he shows a video of MJF conspiring with the other members of Inner Circle without Jericho in the room. And then Jericho turns around like, okay, uh, it's time to kick MJF out of the group. Lights go out, boom, lights go back on. Then uh, they turn back on. It's FTR, Sean Spears, Wardlow, and Tully Blanchard in the ring, and they attack the rest of Inner Circle at MJF's behest. So now it's MJF has his own group. And more than likely, it's going to be MJF's group, which hasn't had a name yet, against Chris Jericho's inner circle at some point down the line in a five-on-five match, which should really be a lot of fun. Um, it looks like the inner circle are actually going to be baby faces coming out of this now. Uh, obviously, they were a big-time heel group for the last year and a half. So interesting turn there at AEW. How many factions can can AEW have? Like They seem to be like the the promotion of factions. Like Everybody's in a faction in that one. Yeah, tag teams, factions, three-man factions, four-man factions, you name it. Uh, Cody Rhodes loves himself some factions, right? I mean, like, yeah. whoever's over there making the decisions, they love themselves some factions, that's for sure. Lots of factions, yeah. yes. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the Enter. era. Yeah. A lot of factions back then, too. <laughs> NXT. Uh, congratulations to the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, and this is a name we're going to hear a little bit later with the Filth King. Shotzi Blackheart and her partner, Ember Moon, they won the titles last Wednesday from Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, who were just awarded the titles because they won the Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. So brand new titles. We already have our second pair of champions there. But should be a fun ride for the women of NXT. Uh, exciting opportunities ahead for the, the young women of the WWE Performance Center. And now let's get to some local stuff. You ready, Chris? Yeah, what's going on in and around Chicagoland? Yeah, last weekend we had C3 Wrestling. Uh, That's the promotion of our guest from last week, Chris Classic Williams. They had a show at the Gene Shepherd Community Center in Hammond, Indiana. And the main story coming out of there is the Kang, Miles Mercer, becoming the new C3 champion kind of unexpectedly. He cashed in a grand chance opportunity, which he had previously earned on a prior show uh, after Cell Block laid out the champion Caesar Dragon. So the Kang, uh, Miles Mercer, kind of took advantage of that, ended up winning the title. Plus, Aaron Stone retained the Urban Honor crown in a four-way match. And now let's look fast forward to this weekend. Chicago-style wrestling is back 
Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about this with Brubaker when he's on the air with us. Do Unto Others is the name of the show. It's CSW's first show since October. They're coming to the Berwyn Eagles Club Friday night, March 19th. Limited capacity, safety precautions, all the bit. Uh, the main event is CSW champion, the Filth King Brubaker, with Marche Rocket as his tag team partner against former CSW champion, Vic Capri, and the mercenary, Garrison Creed. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of the other matches as well with Brubaker when he comes on. Also this weekend, Golly Lucha Libre running a double header. They're doing a show Saturday night, the 20th, at the Pro Eagles Club with Macias, Black Tours, and much, much more. And then Sunday, the 21st, they're back at their home base in Villa Park, the Golly Arena. Mila Moritas, Mecca Wolf, Black Tours there, as well as former Windy City Slam podcast guest and Warrior Wrestling mainstay, Sam Adonis. So Sam's coming into town to do a Lucha show, which will be kind of cool. And then some local tidbits before we get to our guest. It was announced last week that Freelance and Freelance Underground are returning. That show will be on April 9th. It's going to be called Chicago Secret Stash, and it's going to be streamed only. No in-person attendance yet. It'll be on IWTV.live. And the first match announced for that show, get this, Lady Luck against GPA. Should be a lot of fun there. And then Zello Pro made their big announcement this past week. They're returning. They're going to have seven Thursday night outdoor shows at the Windy City Thunderbolts games this summer at Ozinga Field in Gresswood. That first show is June the 10th. Wait, wait, hold on a second. I, let's rewind back a second. We just had Laney Luck on, right? Yes. And she dates GPA, right? Uh, yes. And they're going to fight each other. Yes. They've That's actually amazing. had matches before. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Why do I feel like we're all just sitting around watching them do some role playing before they head home? Oh, jeez. <laughs> now it's time for our guest this week. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the current Chicago style wrestling champion and linchpin of the Blackheart Battalion in Zello Pro Wrestling. It's the Filth King, Nick Brubaker. Nick, how you doing today? I'm doing uh, a little rough this morning or <laughs> afternoon. It's it actually is, but it feels like morning for me. It's uh, my birthday last night, and uh, we did quite a bit of celebrating. So here we are. Well, happy birthday. Thank you, sir. How's 35 treating you? <laughs> are you not supposed to tell them how old I am? Just kidding. I'm 35. I mean, at the moment, feels a little rough, like I said, but no, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, all things considered, after this last year of a pandemic. Okay, um, first of all, uh, let's get into what's going on this weekend. So uh, Friday night, Chicago Style Wrestling is returning, and the show is called Do Unto Others, and it's going to be the company's first show since October, and they're coming to the Berwyn Eagles Club, a little bit of a different venue for CSW. It's going to have limited capacity, safety precautions, and in the main event, you are the center of this main event, uh, as the CSW champion, it will be the Filth King Brubaker and tag teaming up with Marche Rocket against former CSW champion, the Ice Pig Vic Capri, and the mercenary, Garrison Creed. So this match, I mean, you're the champion, but you have three guys that you have either competed against in the past or together with in the past. And do you feel like you got a target on your back in this thing? Well, of course I do. Anytime you got the, the belt, everybody's got it for you. Everybody likes the top spot in any show that they're on. And uh, CSW is no different. It's definitely 
people that I'm familiar with, except for this uh, Garrison Creek fellow. I have never came across him. I don't even know if I've been on the same show as him before, but uh, should be interesting uh, to run into. So four of them are some guys that I'm used to and uh, one guy that I've never met. And uh, the Berwyn Eagles Club, I'm actually really looking forward to coming back to. Cause I've been there for several other companies in the past, back when that was AAW's uh, only venue that they used to run. I worked for them back in the day. Then I can't even remember the other show companies that <laughs> I worked for that also ran that venue. But I've got a lot of uh, nostalgia there, so I'm looking forward to getting back to the Eagles Club, even with limited capacity. This is not just CSW's first show in seven months. It's first show for myself in seven months, so I'm really looking forward to getting back in the ring. So you haven't wrestled since you won the championship back in October. That's correct. That's, I, I believe that was the last show overall that I did, that was CSW show. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a cold day. We were in a freaking parking lot. <laughs> you guys were outside. I believe it might have been West Chicago, if my memory serves. Yeah, I it was it was I can't remember the venue itself, but it was a parking lot. Yeah, uh, you uh, outlasting Marshall Rocket, Cipher, Acid Jazz, uh, CJ Esparza, and Ryan Matthews in a six-man gauntlet to win yeah. the vacant title, which was surrendered by Vic Capri the month before. Now, um, you and Vic have had a long story rivalry. Uh, he ended your two-year reign previously as CSW champion in a cage match back at Caged In in November of 2019. I knew you were going to bring that up. Yeah, that was crazy. And then even leading to that, you had an interesting match, but we'll get into that a little later. But you and you and Vic have gone up and back down the road of over the last few years. Um, yeah. Talk about a little bit the rivalry between you two guys. Oh, I mean... We go back as far as when I had the Dreamwave Championship, and we, that was a, I want to say a December show, but I couldn't even tell you the year, and uh, we've wrestled all over Midwest since then. We've uh, wrestled, I think it was for, it's either GLCW or another company up in Milwaukee, and uh, definitely at CSW, though, we've been up and down the roads together. It's been a... Like you said, a long story rivalry. And uh, when he took my belt, it was not in the most fair of circumstances, I would say. And uh, I never got my rematch against him. And I got screwed out of that. Then when I actually got my shot at the belt, he wasn't involved in the match. So I'm actually looking forward to getting my hands on him again. I'm sure he'll have a chip on his shoulder, too, because he had to give up that title because of his triceps injury. Yep, and it was interesting that it happened and then basically shut back down again. Right after anyways, so it's almost like he didn't have to, you know, give up that belt, but I'm glad that he did, and I still got that last shot before the whole world shut down again. And when you fight uh, Vic, I'm sure you need more than just a few bags of ice with after some of those matches, uh, you agree? He, uh, he hits hard, that's absolutely for sure, and any time that we're in the ring together, we both want to uh, be the, the match of the night and have everybody, have us be the last thing that they think of at the end of the night, so... Uh, we, uh, we're always looking to steal the show. I'm just going to... These two uh, bags of ice the next day. Yeah, maybe even more than ice, but uh, <laughs> that's uh, beyond that point. Um, so a um, couple of other matches uh, on that show. I'll just throw them out so uh, fans uh, know that they're happening. It's uh, the CSW Women's Champion, Sky Blue. She faces the challenge of Billy Starks. And then... uh, you need to have people need to get there to watch that match. I've heard good things about those two when they're in the ring together. And Sky Blue 
is our women's champion, and I would be surprised if she's not signed somewhere in the next half year to a year. So I would definitely recommend everybody coming out to catch that match. Yeah, and if anybody has not seen Sky Blue before, I recommend going to Articulator Steve Kenton's YouTube page. Check out the Sky Blue Kylie Ray match from last September for CSW. Incredible match between two great athletes. Yes. Sky Blue on top. I watched that match from behind the curtain, and I, I always, Kylie Ray is an amazing talent. I really hope we see you back in the again someday because she has just immense amount of talent. And, uh, yeah, Sky Blue's following, following that in her footsteps pretty well, too. And then one other match that's been announced on social media already, the veteran Acid Jazz against the high-flying C.J. Esparza. Yeah, C.J. Esparza, that's my, my running mate. Yeah, and have grown up together. And uh, we always hit the road together and go to all our shows together. And, uh, yeah, regardless if we've had some, not bad blood, but our fair share of history in the ring, too. But uh, CJ is my favorite guy to watch in the ring. And uh, I suggest just a goofy some bitch that I'll be looking forward to watching CJ beat up. <laughs> yeah, you and uh, CJ, Central Illinois buddies. Um, very, very cool. Um Transitioning on, uh, you're also a central figure in Zello Pro, and I've had a chance to uh, to attend one of the Zello Pro shows at Joe's in Chicago, plus watch a couple of others on pay-per-view. Now, you're part of the Blackheart Battalion, which used to have Shotzi Blackheart, obviously, but also Jason Hades and Storm Grayson. Uh, what's it like being in that group? Uh, it's pretty cool. It uh, started out as, uh, like you said, uh Shotzi's brainchild, hence the Blackheart Battalion name. Uh, and Shotzi and I have always gotten along really well. We, we were uh, tag teamed once in CSW before. She was the filthy Filipino and I'm the filth king, so we're the filthiest tag team alive. And uh, we're, we went up against the uh, now <clears throat> defamed Joey Ryan and mm-hmm. uh, Candice LeRae, because yeah, they were the world's cutest tag team. That was our little thing. That was, uh, that was a fun time. That, that translated into uh, us and like you mentioned Mr. Hades and Storm Grayson uh, as a group and once Shotzi got signed uh, went to the big league I kind of just took over the reins it wasn't even a thing that was said that I was going to be a new leader we just came out I just kind of took over it's my natural uh, uh, I don't know my thing to do. I like to be the center of attention. <laughs> and, uh, Zello's a great place, man. If anybody hasn't been out to a Zello Pro show, uh, I kind of got the scoop on their next show, but they haven't announced it yet, so I'm not going to do it. Uh, but they're going to be coming back soon, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I got some cool opportunities this past year during the pandemic to work with uh, Matt Rewalt, the drama king. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's been one of the more fun things that I've done just because I mean, so many people know who he is with drama King versus filth King. We had to play off of, and uh, he's awesome on the mic. So I love being able to verbally go back and forth with someone as well. And yeah, this is a long winded response to your question. <laughs> it's pretty cool working as Zello pro. And uh, if you haven't anybody listening, you get them, check them out. They're also got all their stuff on demand that you can catch up on too. Uh, pretty amazing that you actually brought up Drama King, Matt, because that was actually going to be my next question. Um, yeah, he, uh, how what what was that like being basically his first indie opponent following his WWE run? 
kind of interesting because I knew that he hadn't been in the ring a whole lot for the end of his tenure in WWE. He was on the mic doing commentary a lot. And uh, I knew he told me he was still training. He was still getting in the ring to, you know, get his, uh, get his reps in. But he was, he told me as well, he's had, had a little bit of nerve too, just because of the fact that it'd been so long. But it was fun because our styles actually matched up really well. And, uh, just everything about it felt really good the whole time. The setup for it, the match that we had, and uh, I look forward to hopefully progressing that uh, as soon as we get started started here again. While the world's opening back up finally. Yeah, slowly but surely, we're uh, kind of trying to get out of this little pandemic deal, and uh, hopefully we'll see a lot more fans at shows within the next few months, and we'll catch a little bit more of the Filth King in action. Um, like many local and regional talents around these parts, uh, you've had the opportunity to be an extra with WWE. And uh, there was a show that I was at, uh, Monday Night Raw in 2014, that you were uh, one of Adam Rose's Rosebuds, along with Scarlett. What was that experience like? Oh, I did that experience about ten times that year, I think. <laughs> I was a Rosebud on many accounts. And it was always fun. The, uh, the most fun experience I think was actually a house show the day after Christmas in Chicago though. Yeah. just because <laughs> it was fun a uh, house show backstage is a lot looser uh, and everybody was just having a lot of fun I got pushed down in the uh, during the entrance and for whatever reason it's just fun uh, but being an extra used to be cool I unfortunately don't get to do it anymore because all of my tattoos <laughs> they uh, the last last time I did it or was supposed to I got called and uh, uh Four hours before the show, John Cohn, the referee, was the one that set everything up for extras at the time. And he called me when I was halfway there and goes, do you have tattoos on your head and neck? Yeah. He goes, oh, we can't use you anymore, man. You just you don't look regular enough. You need somebody more generic. <laughs> Isn't wrestling supposed to, you're supposed to stand out? So that's the reason the tattoos are there. And uh, then it backfires. But I suppose being an extra isn't what I want to do overall, so... It's all good, but I do miss those uh, $250 easy paychecks and uh, WWE catering is the best. Yeah, it must have been an amazing time back there. Did you ever kind of uh, commiserate with any of the um, more famous talent during those shows? Uh, just the ones that would approach me in catering because it's a lot of more, a lot of their way to help make me feel comfortable. Um, Sin Cara, I remember, was really cool. And would sit there and talk to me about his experiences when he was doing extra work. Uh, but just the guys that I knew from the indie scene before they were signed, like uh, Seth Rollins. Uh, let's see, Ali is there now, and he's obviously he's one of my closest friends in the world outside of wrestling, too. And it's nice to be able to see them in this new environment that they're comfortable shining in, where it's still like that out of reach place for me but it's awesome to have people there that I know and see them doing good but besides that no, I always try to keep to myself and get, sit in catering and eat as much food as I can <laughs> now uh, to kind of circle back to an experience of yours in CSW uh, you also got to wrestle Tommy Dreamer a couple of years ago and uh, I was actually just watching some of this match on YouTube uh, this past weekend he even called you the love child of Hornswoggle and Billy Gunn what was that experience like for you? Uh, Tommy's the best I've known Tommy for years I remember uh outdoor dreamwave show that we had to sit in a little trailer as our locker room it was raining 
just bloody everywhere and just gross. And I had my uh, ex-wife now and my youngest son, Cameron, who's, I think, less than a year old in, there, in the trailer, too. And it was just a fun little bonding experience where we're just in indie wrestling misery together. And uh, <laughs> then since then, I've been on countless shows with him, and he's always went out of his way to ask me how I'm doing and how my kids are doing. And that, to me, always means a lot guys like that actually take the time to you know remember you and you know that they care but the match itself once i actually got the chance to knew that it was happening i was incredibly pumped because regardless of me knowing him now i grew up watching that dude riding my bike to the mall in the st louis i spent way too much money on ecw vhs tapes i was back there like 40 bucks for a pay-per-view i mean the vhs tape itself Anyways, though, uh, <laughs> the idea of I'm going to get in the ring with this guy and I'm going to have the type of match that I used to watch him have, too. I was incredibly excited. The, the, the fact that he did a, sent that promo in where he mentioned, yeah, Love Child, Billy Gunn, Hornswoggle. That Hornswoggle wrestled him a few times, too. <laughs> Anyways, funny joke. Donnie's <laughs> a hilarious dude. And, I mean, in the match itself, he's, there's this own funny moments of him dumping trash and nachos on me and all that stuff. But the match was memorable and one of my favorites I've ever had. The crowd interaction that we had was just phenomenal. It was a blast. And after you pulled out that victory that night, um, it was Tommy that ended up uh, setting up the rematch with Vic Capri when Vic ended up ending your uh, title reign. So, uh, oh, Tommy I shouldn't like Tommy Dreamer anymore, I guess. He did set that match up. <laughs> yeah, well, bad memories. I'm sorry to bring that up. <laughs> oh, it's just life. It's just life. And I had a piece of each other. Not many people hold any company's title for two straight years. Uh, I was really proud of really the momentum that the company gained while I was champion there. And I had put a lot of effort, a lot of my own personal effort into helping out backstage, trying to help out with creative content that we're doing and really trying to get the young guys to step up and come into their own. And I feel like between me, myself, and a couple other guys there that really went from tiny, tiny, small Chicago company, which we're not gigantic by any means, but we packed a lot of our venues real full right before the pandemic with numbers and three or four hundreds that we had not seen at any time that I was a part of the company before that. And that, Right when the pandemic happened, is right just killed all of our momentum right there. But I did that same thing for everything, for everybody, and uh, I'm confident we'll be right back on track coming out of the gate now. Now, how long have you been wrestling, and and how did you get into it? Uh, Fourteen years now. Uh, Fourteen. What this is my fifteenth year, actually. Now I believe. Yeah, that is correct. April, which we're almost there, will be uh, begin my fifteenth. Yeah in the 15th year. So uh, I got into it. Uh, we already mentioned CJ Esparza uh, being one of my buddies. Uh, his ex-tag team partner, uh, Brett Kakia, as Zero Gravity, uh, we all grew up together. And they actually got trained to wrestle right out of high school. Brett was, and Corey was still a junior in high school, I believe. And I spent a year or two partying, doing the college thing, until I saw that they were actually doing it training they were on a show called ngw in peoria and uh, i went and checked them out and 
I just said, ah, shit, I got to do this stuff. I got to do it. And I went and trained in Springfield at uh, New West Wrestling gym that they had at the time. And it was more of a open gym scenario where me, Brett, and CJ were kind of just wrestling each other most of the time. Justin McIntyre was the head of the company. But uh, so he did teach me some of the basics. And then I learned the rest pretty, pretty much on the road. Uh, we started getting some uh, other opportunities at AAW, uh, where Danny Daniels still runs. Uh, he took us aside and really taught us a lot about psychology. So I can't take, say that he trained us at all, but he definitely taught me a lot at that time and gave me some good opportunities throughout the years. But uh, really the road and just talking to people and sucking for years until you finally don't suck anymore. And uh, just... Uh, I mean, getting, getting comfortable being out in the ring and coming into who you are, it's a long, long process. And uh, you got to stick with it. There are definitely some prodigies, you know, guys that can do all the gymnastic stuff that come along real fast because of the athletic stuff they can do. But as far as developing the Phil's King persona and who I am, which, to be cliche, really is just me turned all the way up. Uh, that took a lot of years to get comfortable and figure out who I was. You've been in this 15 years. Um, any aspirations to get onto a national stage at some point? Oh, that's a silly question. Any aspirations, sir? That's the only reason I do this. <laughs> I've spent 15 years knocking on doors. And, uh, I mean, I was in Vegas a few years ago for an Impact Wrestling tryout. I was I'm, there was had a hundred ish people there. It was insane. And the entire day they just did tryout matches. It was five minute matches that you got randomly paired with somebody. I was like the second or third match and then had to sit around for the rest of the time. And then when it was over they just go, All right, everybody, uh, you all did a great thing investing in your careers, you should feel great. They didn't call anyone's name out saying like, Oh, this one this dude's gonna go on for a match at the impact tape. That was the uh, the carrot that was being dangled that they're going to take somebody at least someone to have a match on TV. So I'm a little annoyed at this time when they're just saying goodbye to everybody. So I still wanted to go talk to the coaches and uh, who all was there it was uh, Scott Demore and Sanjay Dutt were the ones running this uh, the talent at TNA at the time or Impact and. Uh, Slowly but surely, I get to the in front of the line where everybody's trying to get feedback, and there I hear them giving very little feedback to anyone. Going basically, ah, I saw too many matches today; I don't remember. And I was getting pretty, pretty hurt or pretty upset in my head that I spent all this money to basically be told I didn't see your match. <laughs> but then, right as soon as I get to the front of the line, I see uh, Hammerstone, who I knew from Dreamwave, awesome talent, and, uh, MLW now. He's doing his thing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? And then he's talking to Sanjay, and Sanjay turns around and goes, oh, Brubaker, can you be here on Tuesday for a taping? Like, yes, I absolutely can. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't a waste of time, and I was one of the few dudes that got selected to have a match, and me and Hammerstone actually wrestled each other. And it was on uh, their online show, Adrenaline. And uh, it was an okay, fun little match. Uh, I had good feedback in the back, but it wasn't my ticket into the company, unfortunately. And as much as I touched, touched base with Sanjay afterwards, uh, and he just said, just keep hitting us up when we're around. And, uh, that was just a door that I knocked on, like all the other doors. And, uh, you just keep doing it and hoping that the opportunity comes that you hit on and something actually comes from it. But I've seen, I, 
I've seen so many people leave uh, right before a big break could have came. And I mean, Ali was retired for I don't know how many years, and he came back, and the Cruiserweight Classic deal happened, and he just took off. So I just keep hoping one of the times I knock on these doors, it's going to open up. Well, you got Ali in WWE, you got Shotzi down at the PC and NXT, and obviously now Sanjay is also down at the uh, PC. Yeah. So, yeah. um. I, I do know that. That's why it's nice to have these contacts and people that you know. Uh, Arya Davari is another one of my really close friends, and he's up there in WWE, but uh, his brother, uh, the original Davari, that was the famous one that had the tag match with Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania, he, uh, he was actually doing. Um, he was an agent for Impact when I went and had my tryout too, and then he, I don't know if he actually is still working for WWE now. The last time I checked, I know he was. So it's just nice when you go for these opportunities and you've met people that actually can go. Oh yeah, I know this guy. He's good because then they'll be able to go tell the other people. Make sure you take a look at this guy. And uh, I think that's the part of the reason why I got the Impact tryout was because Sanjay had seen me before and Davari uh, had also seen me. So I think that they just know, okay, this guy's actually going to be able to go, and we'll get him the spot. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah it's, good to, it's good to know people, and hopefully, like I said, one of these prototypes, a door opens for them, because that is why I've been busting my ass for 15 years, man. You know, I've done a lot of stuff in wrestling that I am incredibly proud of, and, I mean, if for some reason it never did, it would be pretty disappointing, but I've got to think that, if I uh, keep my nose at the grindstone, something's going to turn out for me. Yeah, I've definitely enjoyed your work at the few times that I've seen you uh, around Chicago in the Midwest. Um, before I let you go, uh, promote your social media, where fans can find you, and also, are there any other upcoming shows besides uh, CSW in the works? Yeah, uh, I'll be in Florida for WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I'm doing a Sawa Entertainment show. They're uh, another Illinois-based company that... Uh, Zeke, I think, believe that's how you say his name. He runs that company, and uh, he let me know they were running a show in Florida. And I'm going to have myself a nice little vacation, spend a few days there, but I'm not wrestling. And, uh, yeah, I think I'm uh, wrestling Christian Rose, I believe, at that show. I've wrestled him a hundred times, and uh, I always have fun with that guy, so looking forward to that one. Uh, as far as social media goes, I'm on all of it. Uh, the Filth Nuts. I am Brew Baker on Twitter, The Filth King on Instagram, and you can find me on Facebook. Just search my name. Uh, yeah, hit me up on there. Anybody? I like to talk to fans as long as you're not annoying. And uh, <laughs> you can always catch all my content on there. I try to post mostly dirty, nasty shit because I'm The Filth King. So you can check it out on there. And then make sure you come see me anywhere else that I got shows. Looking forward to getting back in the ring and doing my thing, man. All right, Friday night, uh, the Filth King, Nick Brubaker, will be at CSW, do unto others at the Berwyn Eagles Club. Go check it out. Uh, thanks for getting filthy with us today, Nick. Uh, I really appreciate the time. Filthy was last night. This is Filth King recovery time right now. So uh, I appreciate you having me on, and definitely everybody get to the Berwyn Eagles Club on Friday. Looking forward to seeing everybody. Hey, gang. Ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing. Weird expenses coming out of nowhere. And when you throw in health insurance, forget it. Nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. 
And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year. Reach out to Butch right now, 708-535-3006, or shoot him an email, butch at elitebenefits.net. And be sure to check out the Zemar podcast. Don't wait till the last minute. Put Butch Zemar to work for you now. Thank you very much to our guest for joining us. Good interview, Mike. I appreciate you locking that one down. What do we have coming up next week on Windy City Slam? Yeah, well, um, next week, uh, looking very much forward to his next guest. It's an awesome guest, a great guy, and this is a man who actually survived combat in Afghanistan. The man behind Frontline Pro, Bulletproof, Ben McCoy. We'll talk about his near-death experience, overcoming some recent injuries, Frontline Pro's mission, his upcoming magic as Rob Van Dam, and much, much more next week on Windy City Slam, Bulletproof, Ben McCoy. Very, very cool. It's been a good couple of months here on Windy City Slam. We appreciate you listening. If you've missed any of the episodes, remember, you can go back and check them out at any time. Some of the more recent ones that I've uh, truly enjoyed, uh, Vic Capri was on. He was great. We mentioned Laney Luck earlier. Marche Rocket was really good. Classic Chris Williams was on the show recently. Trevor Outlaw, we made fun of him, which I enjoy doing. Jesus Bryce Benjamin, Backwoods Brown, so many good ones. Jordan Cross on the show recently. We even talked to a referee. In and around Chicagoland, there's some great, great wrestlers that you can check out and also hear from on Windy City Slam, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com. See you next week. Your baby